Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter number 17, Exodus chapter number 17, just pondering about the service tonight and trying to find the will of the Lord and I kept bringing my heart back to this portion of Scripture and just a simple thought. And I'll try to give that to you if the Lord will help me tonight. And I trust that it will be a help and a blessing and we can leave better than we come tonight. Exodus 17, when you found your place, if you're physically able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God very familiar scripture, I think, at least the context of the scripture uh, will be familiar unto you. The children of Israel have been delivered out of Egypt and they have crossed the Red Sea and the miraculous work of God. And uh, they are wandering. They've not begun their 40 years of wandering, but they began their journey through the wilderness uh, toward the land of Canaan. The Bible said in verse number 8 of Exodus 17, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm interested tonight in verse number 12 where the Bible said, but Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone, they being Aaron and Hur, and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I'd like tonight, if God would help me for just a few minutes and you'd pray for me, to preach on help when you're weary. 
help when you're weary. Now, we know in the context of the Scripture, as we've already made mention of, that Israel has been delivered out of Egypt. They have come across the Red Sea and they have begun their journey toward the land of Canaan. If we study the Bible right and the geography of that day, they have traveled some 200 miles already to get from Egypt to this Riphidium where they are in the text. We understand in studying the scripture that the word Riphidium means a resting place. And thank God for some resting places along the journey. This was a place where the people of God were going to need some rest. And I'm going to tell you in these days it's no uh, misunderstood thing. It's no uh, a secret. It's no surprise that along the journey you and I are going to need some places where we can rest. If the Lord saw it uh, needful enough to call His disciples apart into a desert place to rest a while, uh, then you and I have to understand that we need some rest along the journey. There are going to be some days that you and I get weary. If it were not to be so, then the Apostle Paul would have never been commissioned to write the Scripture and to not be weary in well-doing. But there is a reality that all of us get weary along the journey. So here in the Scriptures, the Bible tells us that there came an enemy by the name of Amalek and fought with the children of Israel in Rephidim. Now if you study the Scripture, Amalek is a descendant of Esau. Esau in your Bible is always a type of the flesh. And so it's an amazing thing that this is the first battle, of the first war, the first confrontation that the people of God ever had after they were delivered out of the land of Egypt was with this Amalek who is a type of the flesh. And I'll say to you that every child of God, every Christian will experience a battle with the flesh. Matter of fact, it's a daily battle. I would say that it's probably the first battle that any child of God will ever encounter before we encounter a battle with Satan, before we encounter a battle with the world, you and I will encounter a battle with our own flesh. And that's where the children of Israel are. One minute they're rejoicing, one minute they're singing this new song that Moses sung when they come across the Red Sea on dry ground. One minute they're celebrating the fact that God, by his miraculous power, has drowned Pharaoh and his horsemen in the sea and delivered them. And the next minute they are fighting one of the greatest battles that they ever fought. And that is the reality of the Christian life. We can be singing and rejoicing and on the mountaintop one minute and then fighting a great battle with our flesh the very next minute. And so there is a place of rest. That's what the writer of the book of Hebrews said. There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. And I'm glad tonight for a time and a period of rest for us. And so it was here 
that as the people of God are going out to fight, that the Lord gives instructions to Moses, and Moses gives instruction to Joshua, who is the leader of the army of Israel at that time. You understand that Israel were not still warriors at this time. They had never really fought a battle. That's why the scripture tells us that God led them the roundabout way through the wilderness rather than through the land of the Philistines for they were not yet able to bear war. And so I don't know what all we're given some record of the account and the things that have happened between the Red Sea and here but for some 200 miles some things have been going on in the hearts and the lives of the people of God to prepare them for this day. I'm glad there are some times of preparation for the people of God to fight the battles that we have in this life. And so Moses tells Joshua to get the army together and to go out and fight against Amalek. And Moses said, tomorrow I will go to the top of the hill and I'll have the rod of God in my hand. Now if we study that rod, it's come with Moses from the time that he was on the backside of the desert. From the time that he had that encounter with the burning bush. Under the first encounter that he had with Pharaoh where the Lord said to cast your rod down and it became a serpent and Moses took it and it became a rod again in his hand and the magicians did so also but Moses' rod swallowed up the serpents of the magicians of Egypt it was this rod that the Bible said when they got to the Red Sea that God instructed Moses to stretch forth the rod over the sea and the Lord began to send the breeze to blow so the people of God they look at this rod they associate this rod with past victory and so it was an encouragement to Joshua for Moses to say I'll have the rod of God in my hand now I'll say right as a sideline that it was not in the rod but it was in the God It was not the rod that brought the victory, but the God of the rod brought the victory on this day. Thank God for past experience. Thank God I said this morning for a track record that we have with the Lord that we can look back and see that He's never failed us. But it's not the past that's working for us, but it's the God of the past. It's not past victory that wins the victory of today, but it is the God that brought the victory in the past that is the same God that brings the victory of today. And so up to the mountain he went. And the Bible said that it was noticed that as long as Moses held up his hands that the children of Israel prevailed. But when Moses' hands came down, then Amalek prevailed. And here's the statement we come to in verse number 12. But Moses' hands were heavy. Moses had tried to hold his hands up as long as he possibly could. But no doubt Moses took notice that as far as his hands were up, that the children of Israel were gaining ground. 
but as his hands became heavy and began to come down that the children of Amalek began to gain ground and so now Moses is doing all that he can do but all he can do is not enough for his hands are heavy he has got weary in the battle but thank God the Bible records for us that there is some help when he's weary there's a man by the name of Aaron on one side and a man by the name of her on the other. And the Bible said they got a rock and they set Moses down. Don't say anything about Moses' legs being weary. But they wanted to ensure that they did everything they could to help the man of God and to help their brother in need. And so they set him on the rock and Aaron got on one side and her got on the other. But now we know a lot in the scripture about Aaron. He's Moses' brother. He's the high priest. He is the leader of the Levitical priesthood and the sons of Aaron will come after him. He is the intercessor. He is the type of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. And I'll say in these days of warfare, in these days of wondering, in these days of work, I'm glad for an intercessor that helps us when we're weary. The Bible said when we don't even know how to pray as we ought, that the Spirit itself maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means when you can't hold your hands up, I'm glad there's somebody on the right side that'll hold up your hand when you're weary. The writer said, He abides. Hallelujah. He abides in me. He said, I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk this narrow way for the comforter abides in me. You say, why was he rejoicing? Because he understood that there was a helper when you're weary. I'm glad for the comforter, ain't you? I'm glad for the end of our day that holds up the hands of the people of God when we get weary. And you can do all you want to do and all you purpose to do and all you can do. But there's going to come a time that you get weary in the warfare. That's right. Thank God for somebody. It ain't something. He ain't a thing. He's a person. And thank God for somebody. The writer ought to have somebody with me all the way. He didn't say it. We treat it. Many people do in this day. Treat the Holy Spirit like he's just something. I'm glad he's not something. I'm glad he's someone. And I'm glad I've had an introduction. And I'm glad he walks with me. And talks with me. And tells me I am his own. I'm glad he'll help us when we're weary. Now, I don't want to do any discredit to him. Thank God for him. But my heart is really stirred toward this man named Her. We don't know much about him. He's not mentioned as much as Aaron is. He's not as big in view as Aaron is. And the type fits if Aaron's a type of the Holy Ghost and it should be major upon him. But there is somebody else in the shadows. There is somebody else that's aiding along the journey. And his name's her. He's only mentioned maybe two other times in the scripture. But his name means light bearer. Or the one who carries the light. And I think her in the scripture is a type of the church. 
and a type of the people of God. We have been commissioned to be the light bearer. We have been commissioned to let our light shine before men. I'm glad in this day, thank God for the Holy Ghost, the helper along the journey, but I want to say thank God for the church. Out there you might find some things wrong as far as physically and within people, but I'm going to tell you there ain't nothing better than the church. The Bible said Christ loved the church and he gave himself for the church and I'm glad I'm in the church. If you got born again, you got put in the church and the desire got put in you to be at the church and we're in this thing together. I'm not serving God by myself and neither are you but we've been put in the church together to help one another along the way. And there's going to be times you get weary. Thank God for the brethren. Thank God for the church. When I feel like I can't go on. And there have been days I felt that way. And I ain't out of my valley yet. I'll be honest to tell you. I thought, Lord, there's no way I can go in and preach tonight. But I feel pretty good in my heart. And I know it ain't my work. But there's some people here. Thank God. That's a holding up my hands. When I can't hold them up for myself, I'm glad tonight for the church. Oh, yeah. We're in this thing together. You may think your work's not important, but if you're in the family of God, your work's important. It may not be as much as noticed as somebody else's work, but it's your work. Do your work. It might not be as well seen as somebody else, but if God gave you the work, thank God do the work. In Nehemiah's day, he charged them that they had a great work before them. They didn't all have the same part of the wall, but they all had a part, and they all were faithful in their part. Thank God. And some of you may not feel like you're doing much, but just stay the course and stay in the work. You're helping one another. If you ain't helping nobody else, you're helping me. It's just good to see you here tonight. I know what I am. I know I'm not worthy. I told the Lord as we prayed tonight, I said, Lord, ain't no reason I can give you at all why you should help me tonight. I mean, I can't give you some big spill to tell you about me and who I am or that I've earned your power, earned your help. I said, Lord, I can tell you more reasons why you ought not to help me than you ought to help me. But I said for Jesus' sake, would you help us tonight? And I'm so glad that there are some helpers along the journey. I'm glad for the Holy Ghost, but I'm glad for the church too, that it helps us along the way. Some of you don't understand what you do for the preacher. And I'm not trying to get on me and make a spotlight. It's not about me. But I'm just preaching tonight because this is what's on my heart. Some of you don't know what you do when I see you walk through the doors. Some of you just come in and you don't say much and I'm not pointing you out and I'm not talking about you and making you out to be lower than anybody else. If you're a part of the body, you're as much in the body as anybody else. We've all been put in as it seemed good to the Lord to put us in. You might not ever say anything in the service. You might never nod your head. 
You might never say amen, but when I look over the congregation and I see in the house of God, it lifts my hands up a little higher. Thank God tonight for the church. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the Lord can use us all. I thought about I was studying and praying asking the Lord to help us tonight. And I was thinking about everybody being in the church. And I thought about how the Lord used us all. I thought about that song, you know. And we think it's a child's song, and maybe it is. But there's a great message in it. The writer said, red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. And I thought about here we are tonight. May be seen, may not be seen, but God has got his eyes on you. And he knows where you are. And he's using you to help one another. We're not in this thing just for ourselves, but we're in this thing for one another. Paul said we're to bear one another's burdens and by doing so we fulfill the law of Christ. Christ said this commandment leave by you that you love one another even as I have loved you. That's right. That is right. I thought about and I'm not trying to point nobody out or embarrass nobody I ain't. And I know I talk about it a lot. But I was sitting there tonight and I'd been thinking about it while I studied and, and prayed for the service tonight and thought about last night as we pulled in and how the Lord had just let me see that little girl back yonder and it worked in my heart and I thought I was sitting over here tonight and her mom and her had come in and it just leaped in my heart. You say, what did it do, preacher? It held my hands up just a little higher. You say, but I ain't doing nothing, preacher. You're here and you're in your place. If her hadn't been in his place and Aaron hadn't been in his place, uh, they couldn't have held the hands up uh, but thank God they were in their place and they did their work oh yeah I thought about all through the scriptures and I'm about done tonight as far as I know I thought about the apostle Paul he used these words fellow helper he used that word a lot co-labor he used that word a lot and he got to talking about some folks that it helped him along the journey. He said, there's one man, his name's Onesiphorus. I think it's in the book of Philemon. And he said, he oft refreshed me. That word refresh means to bring strength back to. It means to bring water in a dry time. Or to bring back to life. I think what Paul was saying is the same thing that was going on in Moses' day in Exodus 17. Paul said, there's some days my hands had slipped almost to the floor. But thank God for some men and women came by and refreshed me and picked my hands up and helped me when I was weary and we're all in this thing together. It just ain't about me and it ain't about you. It's about Him and us working together for to glorify Him. Oh yeah. See, Aaron and her didn't just help Moses for Moses' sake. They helped Moses for the entire congregation because if Moses' hands weren't up, the children of Israel were losing. And I'm going to tell you, it's not about glorifying one over the other, but it's about working together that the whole body be held, that the whole church be encouraged, that the whole body get ex- exhortation, uh, that we all draw strength one from another and help when we're weary uh, so we can go on another mile. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. 
Paul said there's some that need some refreshment. But then he said there's some that need some relief. And that's when he said to lift up the hands which hang down and confirm the feeble knees and strengthen the weak-minded. Bear one another's burdens. Help one another along the journey. Pick up one end of the... Doesn't mean you take all the burden and they get it off easy, but you help bear the load while they bear it. Give them some relief. I don't know about you, but they've been days I needed some relief. There have been days I needed some refreshing. There have been days I just needed some help. Somebody to hold my hands up. Doing the best we can do. We're going to get weary. And you may be weary tonight. And I identify with you. I understand what it is to be weary. But thank God for some folks to help us along the journey. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who's always there to hold up the hands. Thank God for the church and the brethren and the people of God that when you're weary and they're strong, they can hold up your hands. And there'll come a day when they're weary and you're strong and you ought to hold up their hands just like they held up yours. I don't know where you are tonight. If you're weary in the walk or weary in the work, weary in the warfare, it all causes us to get weary. But thank God there's some help along the journey when we're weary. Thank the Lord for help when we're weary. Father, I sure thank You tonight for the privilege and the opportunity to have been in Your house with Your people. Lord, I know that it's not been much on my part, but I appreciate, Lord, the little stirring that I felt down inside tonight. I appreciate, Lord, the help of the Holy Ghost along the journey to hold up the hands. Lord, I appreciate the church. Lord, that You put me in the church. Lord, I know that I've failed miserably multiple times. I know, Lord, that there's nothing good in me. Paul said, and I say, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Lord, I know it's a constant battle and a struggle. And Lord, at times we get weary. But I'm grateful, Lord, tonight for some helpers in the times of weariness that will come around the weary saint and the weary child of God. Hold up the hands like Aaron and her did for Moses on this day. That the flesh might be put down. That the enemy might be overcome. Lord, at least for this time, Lord, I pray that when we're weary, Lord, that we would recognize the helpers along the journey. That Lord, in the days to come, when others are weary, Lord, that we'd make ourselves available to be a helper to them. Thank You, Lord, tonight for Your goodness. Thank You, Lord, for Your mercy and for Your grace. Thank You for this time together with Your people in Your house. May You add Your blessings and the furtherance of the Word of God. And may it do its work among us of encouragement for these days we're living in. And Lord, for all You do, we'll be careful to bow these unworthy heads, praise You, and thank You for it. Lord, I love You tonight, and I thank You for loving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.